time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So, how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. It's Tuesday, August 30th. On Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I'm J.C. Sherbert. He's Phil Mullinax. Welcome in. It is a Tuesday of a game week, and that means uh, there's going to be a press conference later today. Uh, Shane Beamer and some players will talk about Saturday's season opener against the, the Georgia State Panthers for the Gamecocks at Williams-Brice Stadium. Kickoff 7.30. It's streaming on ESPN+. Plus. Many of you have asked how to get ESPN+. Plus. If you have SEC Network, you can log in on your smart TV on the ESPN.com app, punch in your provider's name. Like, in other words, if you have cable uh, and you have SEC Network as part of your package, you can just put in, hey, I've got Xfinity or I've got uh, YouTube TV or Hulu or or whatever, uh, and you'll get the game. So no need to uh, spend money on uh, ESPN Plus itself unless you just want it. I think it's a pretty good product. I I have the bundle with Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus for the kids and the yeah, know, fiance <laughs> and all that. So it's it, it's all good. But uh, now I know that that question is going to come up a bunch because a lot of folks are just kind of new to streaming. Um, those of you that aren't going to the game, I know, uh, like our friend Meredith Taylor, who will join us on Friday. She's got uh, other plans this year. Just going to have the whole family together over at the crib. And, uh, you know, so those of you that are doing that, and there are several of you probably need, you know, probably have some questions uh, about it. Because it's kind of the second year, Phil, that they've done this with football. Um, part of the new package is one school has one game per season streaming. And then the rest is SEC Network Plus, SEC Network, or SEC Network Alternative. The alternate uh, channel, yeah. The alternate yeah. channel or, or SEC Network or ESPNU or something like that. So, um Gamecocks will, will be in it. And I think, too, they probably did this and said, we'll take the streaming our first game uh, because I think it was important for the Gamecocks to have a night game with all the new lights and everything, Phil. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Got to tune everything up, so that'll be good. Yeah, yeah. And then the next two are afternoon kickoffs. And, of course, that Georgia game is at noon at williams Bryce Stadium. Uh, I, keep, <laughs> I keep saying over and over, hey, last two times the Gamecocks have played the Bulldogs at noon, they've won. That's right. Uh, 20, it had, it, it's not often that that game uh, is like that, though. It's usually that game's usually early evening, uh, sometimes primetime kickoff, 3 30. Uh, it's been 3 30 on CBS for several years, but uh, new kickoff at the WB um, this weekend. I, I'm afraid now that Fox and NBC and CBS have the Big Ten, you're going to see a lot more. Uh, unfortunately, and not a lot more new kickoffs in, in the SEC. I, I would hope maybe somebody would revisit that a little bit, Phil. But uh, you, you take sixteen teams uh, out of the inventory there, and you know those Big Ten games—they love noon kickoffs, right? They love oh. kegs, kegs mm. and eggs yeah. at Wisconsin <laughs> and Iowa and all those places because um, it's eleven a.m. Central Time. Mm. Um, and you know, I, growing up. Most of the time, you, you know, game day is over and you're hitting Purdue and Iowa or you're hitting Ohio State and Northwestern or you're hitting Illinois and uh, Indiana, something right. like that. <laughs> um, and now, unfortunately, I mean, because, you know, 
ESPN is probably going to get the Pac-12 contract, what's left of the Pac-12, assuming there is a Pac-12. Mm. Uh, so, so what are you going to do? I mean, you're I not going to off at nine. You know, stick those guys <laughs> at nine. You know, the the the, the daggum, You know, I don't know. I I, I kind of think the the four or, or the I think Washington, Oregon, Stanford, and Cal will probably go to the Big Ten. Yeah, and that leaves who? Washington State, Oregon State. You're not going to make those guys kick off. I remember one time Oregon State played Oregon, and game day was in Corvallis, and the game day was at, at, at dark. It yeah, was dark when it yeah, came it was on. pre-dawn, yeah. Pre-dawn in Corvallis, Oregon. And if you've ever been to Corvallis, it's going to be like that uh, for a while. And then the fog's going to roll in off the Pacific Ocean for a while. You're not going to be able to see. So I'd, that, that was the thing about the Oregon State's campus. It's like hard to, hard to see here. Yeah. Hard to see here. Um, well, and hopefully our friends at Disney will put on, you know, like a Virginia versus Duke. <laughs> I would I, I'd like to see that. Let, let, let's reserve those noon spots for the – the ACC, right? Let's, 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 they, they need they need some news. clash. That's yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm worried though because Fox is going to be like you know that's their big thing is the big noon kickoff, mm-hmm. and I I think obviously if you're ESPN you want to compete you're going to probably put an attractive matchup opposite it when the time comes. But anyway, uh, I, I don't know how safe it is for fans and players, especially early in the season, to have those new kickoffs. But no, you no. know we'll, 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 we're going to find out. Uh, how it affects the Gamecocks uh, here shortly in a couple of weeks. But this week, you've got uh, Georgia State coming to town. Uh, mm-hmm. The depth chart was released yesterday. Uh, Phil, you know, just looking at it, I'm not sure anything shocked me, right? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, some of the well, stuff we kind of predicted happened. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but but then I also thought that there – I'll go through my surprises. I, I – uh, I, you know, and I'll start, I'll, I'll just break it down. I'll, I'll start quarterback, not a surprise. Uh, running back, not a surprise. No. Um, <laughs> wide receiver, a little bit surprised with some of the oars, you know, like Xavier Leggett and Juice Wells, but we've been saying for a while, Xavier Leggett's had a big offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 the bigger surprise I had was uh, Van and Jalen Brooks being listed as an oar. That, that surprised me. Now, I was told a couple of weeks ago, Josh Van has had a great camp. Um, but then I talked to somebody last night that said at the beginning of camp, he was pressing a little too much and the drop sees came back. And um, obviously Josh is, you know, kind of didn't have that issue last year, but two years ago, three years ago, he certainly did. So uh, here's hoping Josh settles in and just plays his game. Um, and my understanding is he has, but, uh, yeah, tight end Austin Stogner and Trey Kenyon at one spot, Jaheim Bell and Nate Atkins at the other, uh, they're going to move Jaheim Bell all over the place. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Kenyon, I thought had a good spring. I've heard he's had a good camp and Nate Atkins is going to be used kind of in a fullback role. So that's, that's sort of tight end-ish. I mean, they, they probably need to just add like tight end slash wide back or, Tight end slash yeah. H back, something like that, because th- those guys are going to be all over. I'm actually pretty excited about Nate Atkins uh, being a, a blocking back uh, in some of the power runs Carolina has. I thought when they put Trey Jones in there last year, the big offensive lineman, and of course, Marcus Satterfield said they're not doing that this year. Yeah, uh, as a fullback. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I thought that worked. Uh, yeah, I mean, more time. Yeah, big body in there to block. I mean, what's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. O-line, um, 
with the exception of, you know, I think that was fair to question at the beginning of camp if Dylan Wanham would take his spot back from Tyshawn Wanamaker. He has. So he's starting at right tackle. I've heard he's looked good. Uh, Jovan Gwynn at right guard. Eric Douglas at center. Vershawn Lee at left guard. Jalen Nichols at left tackle. Jalen played left tackle kind of down the stretch last year, Phil. Thought he was kind of a solidifying force out there. Probably uh, played tackle a whole lot better than he played guard last season. Right. Yeah, good remember, he, outside, yeah. Starting right, I think it was a starting right guard or left guard, and boy, he he, he struggled. Uh, defensive end, Jordan Birch, backed up by Tariq Johnson. Uh, they're calling the other end slash buck uh, the outside linebacker. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, Jordan Strong, Gilbert Edmond, Terrell Dawkins. Um, right there, I, I think, you know, Gilbert and Terrell are obviously key guys um, when they get chances this year because you got to get them ready for next year and all that. The tackle, uh, as I predicted a while back, I finally just did it because I kind of got a little spooked just because uh, people were talking up MJ Webb and uh, all that. And I was like, well, sometimes that goes to the old man. You know, MJ Webb is a six-year senior, right? Uh, but I felt pretty strongly that Boogie Huntley would take that other D-tackle spot and finally, I just went with it a couple of weeks ago. I was like, he's taking it. And he did. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he's at, uh, lining up next to Zach Pickens. You got uh, Taka Hemingway, who I hope to see a lot from this year. And then the aforementioned MJ Webb behind him. And then don't forget, TJ Sanders and Nick Barrett are going to play too. So D tackle, yep. you got some players there. Middle linebacker, Mo Kaba has won a starting job. I don't think anybody that's listening to this podcast or. <laughs> Read what I've written on the bigspur.com is surprised by that. Uh, I think some people kind of assumed Sherrod Green would be uh, the will linebacker, the weak side linebacker. However, uh, what I was told was Sherrod's just better suited at Mike. Um, and Brad Johnson in this system is better suited at will. I, I think if we were talking about must champ system, Brad Johnson would probably be more of the Mike linebacker and then the Muhammad and uh, Sherrod would be the will. But I, I think in this thing, it's a little bit different as far as what they ask everybody to do and all that. Um, the other unique thing about this defense, they have a nickel back and Cam Smith's going to start at nickel uh, ahead of David Spalding. And uh, I think they feel like Dial, Rush, and Cam Smith are probably their top – three of their top five defensive backs. So you want to get them all on the field at the same time. I'm intrigued, Phil, by Smith sort of playing nickel, kind of like a rover-type position. Antonio Allen comes to mind when I talk about that. He was the spur back then. Mm -hmm. Uh, But your thoughts on Cam Smith being in kind of that versatile uh, spot? Uh, I like it. Yeah, I mean, it speaks to his athleticism and versatility. Uh, you know, he's not just a cover guy, which we all know, you know, he does very well. Um, it also gives me a lot of confidence in Dial and Rush from, you know, what Tori and Gray has seen and that they're taking that step up to actually be cover, you know, corners. So, uh, yeah, I feel good about it. I, I like having Cam all over the field. I mean, because, you know, he's still going to play wide, you know, and cover in certain situations. So we're not going to lose that, but good to have a – big heavy banging guy wherever you need him <laughs> yeah definitely. uh you mentioned marcellus dial darius rush uh those two guys started the bowl game uh you know like i said a lot of people missed the fact cam smith missed the bowl game man uh mm-hmm. you know and carolina had a i mean they gave up the one long pass but other than that 
Uh, that game went pretty well on defense, uh, and I'm going to talk more about that in a second. Marcellus Dow, Darius Rush starting at corner. Behind those two, you have Kwan Banks. Uh, Kwan's probably going to end up being the nickel folks eventually. I mean, not maybe not this year, but down the road. Uh, that's kind of what they recruited him as, but he's been done really well at corner. Uh, O'Donnell Fortune is there, and then Keenan Nelson Jr. and Emory Floyd, two true freshmen uh, behind those guys. Surprised not to see Anthony Rose in there. I need to check on him, see see what the deal is. Um, you know, but uh, slight surprise, Anthony in, in the top six there. Uh, strong safety, R.J. Roderick, backed up by a true freshman from Columbia with like three offers. <laughs> Nick, <laughs> Nick M. and Warre, 6'4", 218 uh, from Irmo, has had an impressive camp. Uh, free safety is Devonnie Reed. I don't think that's a big surprise, but Phil behind him, D.Q. Smith, who was kind of a – I don't want to say an afterthought, but kind of a leftover guy. You know, they were mm-hmm. they were gonna before they changed the rules, they were gonna count him toward 2023. High school quarterback over at Spring Valley. Coach Bagan did a good job with him. Um, and uh he's the backup back there. So that's that's interesting and frightening at the same time. Look at, <laughs> look, at look at two true freshmen uh back there. Uh, but hey, I always say it's smart to recruit Columbia. Yeah. Uh, and, and even the whole state of South Carolina, get guys in camp, evaluate them. If you like them, take them because they're going to pan out most of the time. Uh, three guys uh, from the mm-hmm. Columbia area, Nick Emanuare, DQ Smith, Xavier Short, all part of a five-man in-state class last year. Um, Short had a really great scrimmage a while back. Uh, and then these two are in the two deep. So <laughs> way to go recruiting the state, man. It's a different it's a different ball game because you, you can always find guys from the state that uh, – you know, end up playing above their uh, ranking or whatever. Now, here's where it gets interesting. <laughs> Special teams. It's a place kicker, Mitch Jeter or Alex Herrera. Kickoff, Mitch Jeter, I guess, has won that job. Punter, Kai Kroger, Alex Herrera. I'm going to say we'll probably see Alex Herrera punt this Saturday night. Long snapper, short snapper, they're all good. Hunter Rogers, Matthew Bailey. Uh, looks like William Joyce will be the holder this weekend because Kai Kroger. I, I, I mean, maybe I've been surprised before, but uh, yeah. maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's not it. Kickoff returner Xavier Leggett. So, what this tells me, Phil, with Xavier too, is that because I would not have dreamed of him being a kickoff returner. No, uh, I or, penciled in Juju for that for sure. Yeah, well, Juju's there. I mean, they're going to use mm-hmm. two, but but this tells me Xavier's probably gotten a little more fluid. And more comfortable in his body. He's a big-bodied kid. He's always had speed, uh, but that's the deal there. Looks like Josh Van retained the punt return role, and he will be with Amarian Brown back there. Hopefully, Amarian, if he gets a shot, will we'll catch the ball this time. Yeah. <laughs> we remember that game last year. But, no, Amarian's, Amarian's listed as a co-starter right now, receiver. So, mm-hmm. obviously, the talk of he and Xavier getting better was legit. Legit. Yeah. Maybe even Jalen Brooks. I mean, Jalen just sort of re- rejoined the team, and you know, you didn't hear much about him, but uh, certainly he had some moments last year where he caught passes, uh, made some outstanding uh, catches, kind of in in the beginning of the season. So, uh, and there's a reason that they wanted him to come back. I mean, you know, there's a reason they didn't just punt and say, 
nah, you know, you're not very good anyway. <laughs> we got a couple guys out of the portal. We'll see. Yeah, you later. see yeah. you later. Uh, they wanted him back, and and mm-hmm. I guess there's a reason for that because he's done really well in practice. And you know, heck, if they if they get a really good year out of Jalen Brooks um, and all those other guys, uh, things are going to look quite different. Uh, for the Gamecocks <laughs> offensively this year, provided they can do things like block and run the football yeah. uh, and all that good stuff. All right. The Nana's porch chat line is uh, wide open. You're off and running um, again. Also want to want to remind everybody that uh, the first hour of the show is presented by Cindy Searfoss, realtor, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate. You'll hear the commercial. She's a proud sponsor uh, and been with me for a while. Some of you have bought your homes from her or sold your homes through her. Uh, like I said, you're in the upstate, you need real estate services. Cindy Searfoss is your person. My hometown of Spartanburg, Danny Morgan Avenue. And also, Phil, mm-hmm. our show as in its entirety is proudly presented by Manscaped. You get 20% Manscaped. off Manscaped plus free shipping with promo code BIGSPUR uh, at manscaped.com. Uh, and uh, they have lots of packages and things like that. We'll read a more full uh, ad for Manscaped coming up. Uh, the Nana Sports chat box off and running, like Phil mm-hmm. mentioned. Uh, Cocky Twan says hashtag trenches. Craig says what's up. Uh, some listeners from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, nice. Funny, I mentioned Corvallis, Oregon when we, when we came on, and we got these Pacific Northwest guys. Uh, morning for the beautiful Pacific Northwest, as always. Go Cox four more days. Um, and then Xavier comes in after John and says, I too am listening from the PNW morning from Wenatchee, Washington. Wenatchee. Um, and John is in Bellingham across the hill from. Yeah. So there we go. Gamecock Pastor, our boy. Yes, What's sir. happening, chicken feed? <laughs> Good to jump in this morning. <laughs> uh, Cocky Twan says, Saturday can't get here soon enough. You're, I'm with you there. Yep. Uh, Rob just says, Good morning, all. Happy game week. Brad just says, Game. <laughs> Rodney with a wave. (laughs) Brian with a good morning. Uh, Austin, listen to this. Uh, Got the package y'all sent in the mail yesterday. The barbecue sauce survived shipment. So 10 for 10 on packaging. Magnet is on the fridge. A koozie will get broken in on Saturday. Thanks again, guys. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Congratulations on winning that. I've got a trivia question coming up, too, um, to give away more stuff. And I'm with another bottle of barbecue sauce. A magnet, maybe a koozie, something like that uh, nice. later today. Giveaway Tuesdays. Don't, don't forget also, uh, later today we have the Middle Edge coming up in about 11 minutes. The Middle Edge with Sawyer Nicks. No giveaway from Sawyer this week. Uh, big Slamma Jamma, I got your hat coming. <laughs> now that I know your real name, I couldn't just address it. Big Slamma Jamma, but uh, got that coming to you, and, and we're going to ro- roll uh Roll that. So there we go. Um, Poll question for today. Uh, Real simple. Will a tight end lead the Gamecocks in receiving yards? I I just put receiving on Twitter and YouTube. So that's my dumb fault. But let's go with yards, you know, receiving overall. And usually like your leading receiver yardage wise, most of the time is your leading receiver catch wise, but not all the time. So that was my fault for miswording that. Uh, on the bigspur.com, I did get the right language in. Um, and so we'll see sort of, um, you know, what uh, what the deal is there, who's voted. Uh, so far, no. It is 55.5% no. 
44.4%. Yes. So, you know, and you're talking Jaheim Bell in that too. I know he's technically going to play all over, but uh, that's uh, – I'm including Jaheim Bell uh, in today's poll. Boy, today's poll question, man, I, I, I didn't execute very well on that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just be honest, you know. Well, what receiving you're talking about? Touchdown, yards, receptions? Well, boom, I didn't know, you know. And then now yep. I'm like, well, is Jaheim Bell a – they tied in. What are we thinking about here? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's my bad, guys. I, I usually do pretty well with all that. Glad you're, you're going to enjoy the barbecue sauce, Austin. Daddy O says, bought a new smoker yesterday for Saturday. Pulled pork inbounds. Jow Fowler says, love the daggum, JC. Reminds me of Bobby. Yeah, Bobby bowed. Oh, daggummit. Daggummit. Uh, Tiffany says, more pressure on Satterfield's offense or White's defense. I don't know. I, you know, I don't think these guys need to feel any pressure. I, I I really think, given the expectation around here, though, Tiffany, and the fact people are tired and sick to death in all sports of not being able to score points, right. even even the women's <laughs> basketball team at times last year did not score points uh, as good as they are. You know, men's basketball struggles shooting. Baseball has been a frustration at the plate. South Carolina's offense hadn't been that good in a while. Uh, in football. So I I would have to say, as far as what fans are looking to see, um, it's going to be they're looking to see an improved offense. There's no excuse not to have it. Matt says, JCSC Bama has the top two JUCOs, and they're ranked 90 and 91. I imagine Elijah Davis will be close to that whenever he finally gets ranked. I, I hope so, but, man, like I said, I've quit predicting the rankings. (laughs) <laughs> every time I, I give out, it's wrong, you know, yeah, so I, I'm not, right? yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'll tell you what I think, but it, as far as, is that going to happen? I doubt it. Uh, Nate Atkins says he, or, or sorry, Craig says Atkins could play the role that the transfer from Colorado state played Adam Prentice. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I thought Adam Prentice was probably an underrated part of the Gamecock success on the ground in 2020. That and the fact nobody played defense, right? All right. Uh, Rick Young says, good morning, all. Any surprises in the depth chart? I, yeah, I, I, I thought biggest surprise overall for me, Phil, was probably DQ Smith, second team safety. Yeah, seeing seeing the two freshmen as the in the two deep uh, for safety. Of course, that makes me feel a lot better, though, because maybe we'll finally stop talking about that preseason next year. <laughs> yeah, finally. <laughs> next, next year, we'll probably, yeah, hopefully stop talking yeah. about it. Uh, yeah, Austin that doesn't says, scare me. Yeah, <laughs> seeing the Austin's, freshman dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, well, at least there's light at the end of the tunnel, depth wise, and it won't be a topic of conversation next offseason. Mm-hmm. Austin rolls in on the Nana Sports chat line, our chat box. Darius Rush had one of the best plays of all season against UNC, batting a ball away. Yes, he did. Yep. I always say, be careful of the one great play. Uh, but Darius was well, he actually, you know, he, now look. He got beat, and a lot of guys got beat. So did Dial. I mean, there were games where they got beat, but I'll tell you this right now. Uh, as the season went on, they got – Darius Rush got better. Marcellus Dial got better back there. Cam Smith, uh, I think, also got better, but he was really good to begin with. So, uh, we'll see if this works this year. I, I know Darius is a 6'295", pounds, runs 4'4", and has a 40-inch vertical and long arms. So, he's kind of how you draw him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackie says, first time live listener here. Welcome, Jackie. Welcome. Uh, I get the cowbell. 
And uh, Sonder says, uh, does this mean Lavoisier Carroll's likely headed for a redshirt season? I don't know. Uh, he redshirted last year at Georgia, so he doesn't have one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would think he's probably going to play some special teams and get in there uh, as much as he can. Uh, Smith played – or Smith Williams says DQ Smith played well at Spring Valley. was a quarterback there and a track athlete. has quick, quick feet. Yeah, I liked him. I, you know, athletically, Phil, he reminded me of a, another guy from Columbia. Now, he came to Carolina much later because he was in pro baseball, but Corey Jenkins um, – you know, as a quarterback, DQ reminded me of, of Corey, but then you watch his defense. I think he's that bigger physical type of player that will yeah. knock you into next week. So uh, that'll be good. Uh, Devontae Reed, Craig says, is my key guy that has to stay healthy all year. He was handpicked to come in and start. And we've all seen the safety play the last three years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I think, I think Devontae's going to make you happy. He could possibly yeah. be an upgrade uh, at, at safety. I mean, th- there's a chance, guys. When you talk about upgrades here, um, that Reed is an upgrade over Jalen Foster, as good as Foster was. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a chance that I think for sure Boogie Huntley will be an upgrade over Jabari Ellis at that other defensive tackle. I think Muhammad Cobb is going to be an upgrade over Damani Staley. So, you know, there are a lot of potential upgrades back there. Potential, you know. Don't, don't, Don't come tattoo me if some of these guys struggle. Yeah, it's all on paper until Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Ed says, is the JUCO line commitment Isaiah Lotta considered a flip candidate? Last I heard, no. I know Auburn offered him, but I don't I don't know that they have much juice there um, based on last I've heard. I'm, I, I don't really, you know, unless somebody, you know, unless, unless I hear that a kid is considering flipping or taking other visits, uh, I don't pay attention to social media. Oh, I mean, I'll look at it, but I don't. I don't let that, you know, impact my reporting or anything like that. I just, you know, I mean, my God, you look at Xavier McLeod's social media. You, you think he was, you know, couldn't make up his mind, going to commit to five different schools like some guys have. Lo and behold, he ended up South Carolina, where he's always going to end up. I'm not saying it was never Harry, but. It wasn't as hairy for as long as he made that out to be on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, Greville takes on Burns Friday. Oh, yeah. My but my buddies that love Burns uh, are going to be happy with that. Tiffany says, can't wait. My Carolina Rise T-shirt is going to be my game day shirt. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> just find a damn way, people. She's also got to find a damn way T-shirt. I sent that to her because uh, she won the Carolina Rise uh, monthly drawing. I gotta, I gotta find a winner for this month or draw a winner for this month. I have a random, like a program that selects folks at random. Uh, but she won the first one. I got a lot of good stuff to give away uh, this month as well. Uh, Mr. Andrew says Josh Pate mentioned your analogy of the abyss when talking about Nebraska on a show recently. Love the analogy. Can't yeah, I, 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 too, the, yeah. <laughs> the abyss. There's the abyss and the wilderness. So um, all that. <laughs> Garnet Rooster, and we got to wrap up here because we got to get to the mental edge. We'll be back uh, with more stuff. Jared, I see you with the, the press box question. Uh, Twisted Chicken, I see you with that Clayton White thing. Um, and we'll save those and also get into uh, you guys. If you have questions for Sawyer, uh, please put them on the chat box. Um, Garnet Rooster says, what is more likely Saturday, Lloyd with 100 rushing yards or Rattler with 300 passing? I'm going to go with Lloyd. What do you think? Yeah, the former. Yeah, I'm going with Lloyd over 100. I actually think South Carolina, one of the advantages they have in this game, I think they'll be able to run it pretty well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Georgia State wants South Carolina to drop back and throw it 50 times because they can attack with the blitz and their, their different pressures and things like that. And, yeah, you don't know if South Carolina's offensive line, you know, first game there'll be some miscues most likely. Whereas if you're just lining up and running inside zone, duo, outside zone, which is the base of this run game, you kind of like maybe like your chances against Georgia State. Okay. So here we go. Here we go. Uh, Sawyer Knicks, the mental edge is up next and followed directly by, we'll probably have about seven minutes, top of the hour, uh, then followed directly by Keith Allsup of Lot on the Gamecocks podcast making his game week appearance on the show. Uh, and we will be back. We, we'll, we will be back after these messages. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Game. Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. 
Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington, half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Yep, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. <laughs> Welcome coach. back. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Uh, I want to tell you, as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, the uh, Inside the Game Cox's show is proudly brought to you by Manscaped, the whole show. Uh, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision, precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Uh, Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle. Phil and I both got it, the performance package. So join over 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. You got 20% off free worldwide shipping with code BIGSPUR. It's not the Big Spur, it's just Big Spur at manscaped.com. Performance package was a game changer for me. You get the lawnmower trimmer, trimmer the weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer. Uh, the Crop Preserver Deodorant for Below Your Waist, the Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. How about that? Uh, we got t-shirts, too. I've got mine on today. It's very comfortable. So check mm-hmm. it out, manscaped.com, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. 20% off, free shipping, code Big Spur, manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping worldwide. Code Big Spur. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Now, it's time to join Sawyer next for our weekly chat, The Mental Edge. Sawyer, how's it going today, Good morning. man? Doing well. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So, I, I, Callan, I had to use a little Google to figure this out. Saturday will be 247 days from the Duke's Mayo Bowl. So, I, I had to figure that out count that out. that's how long it's been since uh we've watched our beloved gamecocks play so to yeah i remember that day too it was a good day uh i was mm-hmm. uh i went up there uh it was a noon kickoff no it was 11 a.m kickoff eastern so it was 10 o'clock uh, my time uh went up to the bar they opened early for <laughs> us uh went in there had some steak and eggs watched the game and by the time it was 15 nothing else happy you know <laughs> uh, the Gamecocks ended up winning the game and it was uh, certainly uh, a big boost I think to the program uh, I think for this university anytime you beat North Carolina it's a big deal so um, that was that was good but that game's over now another school from another border the only one of two bordering states for the state of South Carolina Georgia State University coming in Saturday so Sawyer 
uh, mentality this week. Uh, talk to us about you know, the mentality you have to take in uh, to a game week. How's it different than practice? I mean, for me, when I played, I know it was a totally different feeling. You get really excited and nervous, butterflies, all that good stuff. Yep. But uh, just talk to us about, like, the mindset needed to approach a first game. Well, I think part of it is the, the staff does a really good job in trying to change up practice, make things flexible, unpredictable, try and put them in tough situations. You can never replicate a game. You know, that, that can never be done. But as much as possible, the coaches want to put them in a position to be tested, to be challenged, whether that's the heat, whether that's through some tough drills, whether that's one-on-one matchups with somebody that may be being drafted potentially across from you. So certainly for the offensive linemen uh, to see Pickens across, you know, from um, – Pickens? Nope. I think we just Georgia dropped State? Sawyer for some reason. Did we drop Sawyer next? I don't know. He just kind of faded away. There and he goes. Back. And he's back. Oh, hold, no, on. You're, you're, hold on. You're muted. It's all good. Yeah, that's all right. He, uh, he's going to have to do it yourself, Sawyer. Yeah, you got to unmute, unmute yourself, Sawyer. Uh, you got to love these things. Yeah, turn your well, radio For those of you that don't know, we're not on <laughs> we're not on Zoom here. We're on a StreamYard. It's kind of the same thing as Zoom. We're like mute you. That's probably a good thing, all things considered. Uh, yeah, but anyway, right. Sawyer, you were talking about being across Zach Pickens being across from right. Yeah. Yeah, and so the the challenge is, you know, to be as prepared as you can be, but also be flexible and knowing that things are going to going to change. As fans, you mentioned in North Carolina, the reason we loved that victory so much was we were a big underdog. So I don't know many South Carolina fans were like, yes, we're going to win, we're going to do a great job, and we're going to, you know, it was the exact opposite. It was like, oh, boy, based on what we've seen offensively and based on Sam Howell running around and all of those things, it was, uh, let's, well, we made it to a bowl game this year. Great job, you know. And then we, <laughs> we creamed them. Um, nobody had that expectation. Now, on the other hand, you know, how do we manage those expectations going into this game? Uh, for players, same thing. How do you manage that? And part of that's to get focused on where their keys, where their tasks, get focused on the small details and enjoy the moment. They're just as excited as we are, but in a different way. They have some butterflies, but I sure hope they sleep the night before. You know, we may have a little more trouble sleeping the night before than they do. Um, our pregame meal looks definitely different than their pregame meal. Um, but we're all excited, and they're excited too. And so gratitude is definitely one of the big keys uh, to, to focus on this week. That They're focusing on – they've been through all these – weights and runs and scrimmages and all that hard stuff and now it's the opportunity to showcase and put together what they've done and so now it's just play here play there kick the ball off and just respond and go after it and have fun and i think that's that's one of the keys is that we can't control our emotions the players can't control their emotions it's how they channel those butterflies and and usually once once you get moving get running once you hit somebody somebody hits you you get smacked a couple of times usually the butterflies start to kind of subside and usually you're in the thick of things and then it's just next play and, and they kind of lose track of things as you're as you're in the game 
even from a fan perspective, but especially a player perspective, you know, unless something horrible happens, like a turnover, then sometimes they get stuck on that. Usually once you're in a game, usually they're locked in. Hopefully they're locked in on the play that's at hand and not on what what's going to happen in the fourth quarter or what happened in the first quarter. Usually it's it's what's happening in this play, in this moment, and what is, what is the play call, what is my responsibility, what's the task. And once they focus on that, that takes out a lot of the – extra emotion it's kind of similar to what we should do you know focus on what we've got the task at hand or the one day at a time thing you know just exactly right. like that it's just you know a microcosm of all of that yes and in the previous coaching staff used the control the controllables and i think fans got tired of hearing that yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like some other things and, and it is face uh, of the fan yeah yeah one of those those um phrases that's used uh overused perhaps in sports psychology and so it's kind of like what does that mean well process versus outcome so process is the recipe for the steps along the way and outcomes then result so for both the athletes and us you know it's it's getting that recipe right my wife makes excellent cupcakes now they're betty crocker they're in a box but they're excellent why because she knows if it says 15 minutes at 14 minutes she checks it if it says 15 18 minutes she doesn't leave them in there for 18 minutes she's got her process of the right amount of oil the eggs and check it 14 minutes that way they're not dry they're excellent put good icing on it away we go um we trust those recipes uh the players they've trusted their preparation their coaches have put them in positions to rehearse whatever moves they're working on, whether it's running routes, whether it's defensive line, rushing the passer, hand placement, all of those things, they've run plays. So this isn't new. This is just putting those things into practice, putting that recipe into practice and trusting the recipe. And certainly there will be adjustments along the way. Okay, we need to tweak this a little more. Maybe I didn't cook the cupcakes long enough. Maybe I need a little more icing or maybe instead of sprinkles, I'm going to use something else i don't know so it's you can tweak the recipe but it's trusting that recipe that the coaches have set up and so take any take any food example you want to and think about a recipe and instead maybe control the controllables focus on the recipe and and let the outcome fall where it may i know i cooked some ribeyes on saturday and used some uh, billy g's uh, barbecue rub on it um and the uh, fiance didn't want the barbecue rub, so I just used salt and pepper on hers. Two different outcomes on those steaks, but my process was still the same. They're <laughs> daggum good. Um, so, uh, yeah, and, and of course, for, for those that don't know, Nick Saban, uh, I'm not saying he came up with this. It was a psychologist he worked with at Michigan State. Uh, the story goes they were underdogs at Ohio State. Ohio State's ranked number one. He goes in and, and says, just focus on the next play and what you can do for the next play. Don't look at the scoreboard. Don't think about the previous play or the next next play, just that current play. And they upset Ohio State. He became a, a, a believer. The next thing you know, he won 10 games at Michigan State, high-tailed at LSU, and three years later won a national championship there, and the rest is history. So that's, uh, that's probably where Will Muschamp got the control of the controllables from. Right. And, and all that stuff. It's so. easier said than done, for sure. I mean, it's again any phrase we can grasp 
around. It's like, oh yeah, that's cool. I'll I'll do that. And unfortunately, the recipe for the previous staff wasn't good. They kind of used that mantra and phrase, but okay, well the recipe wasn't quite you know what it what it needed to be. Thankfully, this staff, the recipe is a good recipe. Uh, so far, what I've seen, love, gratitude. I think those will be again if I if week one. Those are kind of the things that pop up. Gratitude that we've gone 247 days without a game that we can watch uh, as fans watch this game, enjoy it, have some fun. So that, that will be certainly something that we have, but I think they also have, and when they have a love for the game and have that gratitude and they know they can focus on that recipe, they're going to be relaxed. They're going to be flying around. They're going to be fast. Um, and then they're going to make the adjustments that they need to make. Certainly that may mean, Certain players get more playing time, get more touches. Uh, certain players have balling games. You know, hopefully we see that from our, our defensive line and love to see what Kaba and does. And hopefully Green gets in there and can't, can't be more excited than, than what's going to happen. But in, in the meantime, I think it's just how do they put themselves in that position to be successful? Yeah, I think too. Like you know, there's there's more than one way. Let me let me just back up. There's more than one recipe sometimes, right? Yes. Uh, and so, what what will work at a program like Alabama may not work at a program like South Carolina, especially when you're dealing with it like second, third hand, like a copy of a copy. Um, I've seen this uh, a lot of times, you know. And and hey, look at a place like Georgia. Yeah, I'd give it a good shot at working out. But, you know, Georgia and Alabama are sort of wired the same way uh, as a program. It didn't work at Florida. You know, it didn't work at Tennessee when Derek Dooley and Jeremy Pruitt both tried to do it. Um, it didn't work at South Carolina or Florida for Will Muschamp. Uh, and you look at the programs around college football that have made that move, right, that aren't your quote-unquote blue bloods. And, and there aren't many. Clemson's one of them. I, I, out of respect for our audience, I, I won't mention that. I, I talk about it till I'm blue in the face on the offseason process-wise. But I don't think anybody would argue that Clemson structurally, uh, as far as how their program, the, 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 the core values of their program and what gets emphasized, now structurally as far as staff and stuff goes, maybe there's some similarities, um, is anything like Alabama or an Ohio State under Urban Meyer. Uh, there's a lot of different types of things Dabo emphasizes. I'll quit talking about that now. Oregon had a 20-something year climb uh, to play for a national championship over three different, four different coaches, right? Well, well what, what was that kind of their niche? Well, it was kind of the flashy uniforms, the exciting offense. Uh, those of you that live in the Pacific Northwest, I can't believe I'm talking about Eugene and Corvallis, Oregon in the same episode, <laughs> but it's kind of off the beaten path, but, but they get it done with the Ducks in their own unique way. Virginia Tech uh, was a program that rose under Frank Beamer until they played for the national title in 1999, doing it their own specific way. Um, and none of those places is anything like Alabama or, or Nick Saban's process. I think a rule of thumb, the process for life, focus on right now is sort of universally uh, universally applicable. And I, and I think that's right. a key, key to success in anything. Uh, but, you know, the, the culture Beamer's trying to establish here uh, has different core values and all that. Now, do I hope they just focus on the next play and keep going? Yeah. Uh, and I, and right. I think part of just about anything. Um, 
but uh, it, it is different and unique. Uh, and I think South Carolina is set up better for success doing that than doing copy of a copy of a copy. And, and right. that's, that's kind of, uh, I think it takes a certain amount of uniqueness to kind of break on through to the other side, so to speak, in college football these days. Well, and I think another key for them this week for the players is, you know, how they respond also. You know, Georgia State's not going to be easy. So for the players, if something doesn't go as well, um, we talked about this, you know, in previous um, mental edge episodes is, you know, how, how do you respond to those emotions? Do you kind of panic and like, you know, get, get tense and, you know, or do you, how they respond? So that'll be important. And that'll be a lesson that we see. And for fans as well, I mean, the spread is 11. So if we're only up three after halftime, I know fans are going to have their mind, but well, I just don't understand. We got Rattler and we got, you know, everybody's better. And we got, all these returning stars is like, okay, remember the spread is 11, you know, we're up by three. Do we make some adjustments? Yes. Do we perhaps win the game by 14 and cover the spread and have a win? Yes. But don't panic. Um, if things maybe aren't up to what our expectations are and whatever they are. And sometimes we're like, Oh, I don't have any expectations, but I guarantee you, if we're only up three or if we're down three or down seven, whatever it is at halftime, Fans will not be – they will not be emotionally even keel. I guarantee it. So, uh, I think that's for the players, how they respond. And for us, how do we how do we kind of handle that? How do we respond and, and make our adjustments to our days, whatever happens in our day? How do we respond to that and just go back to the, to the recipe and, and the task that at hand? And certainly those core values allow them to do that. They set the stage for that to happen and putting them in a, in a good place. I, I know that just in my life, the minute I, you know, it's kind of called growing up, right? <laughs> the, and, I, and I have friends like this that, that don't, they, they don't, they don't get it. Right. And they're, some of them are miserable. Some of them aren't, some of them are like the minute you start understanding that in life and just like football, because as Derek Moore says, very accurately, football is an allegory of life. I think once you realize that it's not what happens to you because things are going to happen to you, bad things, unexpected things, things that are not pleasant. Uh, as Rocky Balboa says, life ain't no both sunshine and roses, right? Um, yeah. It's not about what happens. It's about how you respond, not react. There, and, and, and maybe you could kind of shed some light, Sawyer, on there's a difference between reacting and responding. Reacting is almost a out of composure kind of thing. Uh, I, think right. South, I think South Carolina in 2017 when they played Clemson, and I, and I thought that, you know, that that Carolina team should have competed with Clemson a little bit better because that wasn't a dominantly great Clemson team with Kelly Bryant at quarterback. Uh, and South Carolina had a good defense that forced turnovers and things like that. I think the minute some bad things started happening, if you notice that defense was uncharacteristically out of position, getting penalties, overly emotional – uh, I think they reacted rather than responding. What do you think? Right. So I, reaction to me is like an impulsive, immediate response. Responding would be, what do you do after that? Okay, now we just got a bad penalty or we the offense goes three and out. Well, a reaction would be pointing fingers, yelling, you know, um, frustration. Responding would be, all right, what are we going to do? 
not just let our emotions drive things because again our, our emotions are are needed and they guide us to our decision making at times but we don't want those to be the sole driver of how we make decisions or, or determine our day i mean i think about high schoolers i tell them emotions are great but if you listen to your emotion every day would you get up at 6 30 to go go off to to algebra class probably not you'd much rather stay in bed and hang out with your friends or stay up late in the night before that's what your emotions are telling you a lot but we know that that's not what is best so same thing for us i think we have certainly emotions can tell us things and that's where the reaction comes but how the next step would be the response you know what do we do about it and we take into account those emotions but we have to move beyond just the pure emotions all right, Sawyer, we're wrapping up here with the mental edge with Sawyer next. Got seven minutes, so I'm going to ask you two questions. One comes from the iHealth Consulting mailbag. Our guy, Gamecock Pastor, said, hey, what do you think is the best way to combat on-field nerves that hinder physical performance? Kind of leads in, like, that's kind of what we were discussing there. Some athletes ball out in practice but freeze up in the game. What are the best practices to increase a clutch mindset? And then, so answer that, and then – uh, if you're ready, we got to get your score prediction for this Saturday. Man. Yep. Yep. So can't answer that question. So the best thing that they can do is in, in preparation, self-talk, remind themselves, okay, I've been in positions. I've been in scrimmages. I've done this. I've had success. Part of that is they can go back and watch their own film. They can go back and watch highlights of themselves doing the things successfully, knocking somebody on their butt making a block, making a tackle, making a catch, making a throw. They can see those things, and that can be belief, and that can fuel the self-talk and the belief. And part of that sometimes is when they get on the field, like get that burst of energy out. You got some butterflies, sprint, go fast, and then that will kind of help you dial it down. Maybe a, a golf kind of going to Miss Taylor kind of golf direction, you know, for players on the first tee. Sometimes it's like swing as fast as you can your first two swings before you do a practice swing to kind of get that nervous energy out. Then you can kind of dial it back and have, have a good approach when you actually try and hit the ball. So those are a couple of keys. So part of it is, you know, focus on the preparation, going back to what they've done to be successful, have that belief, focus on those things. And then once those tasks become smaller, then they can perform a little bit better and then have that confidence and not worry about the outcome. Again, the outcome is what will lead to freezing. Usually it's not, it's not the performance. It's not the game that freezes them. It's the what happens if I don't do this. That's what freezes the players. What happens if I don't block, if I allow a sack, if I miss a tackle, if I throw a pick? If I have a bust, that's what freezes the players. It's it's not necessarily just, oh, I'm in I'm in the game now. Now certainly there is a shock factor to seventy-eight thousand at night. Um to freshmen who maybe played at school with three hundred in the stands. Yes, that's a big change, but the bigger change is is kind of that fear of, you know, how do I how do I not dread making a mistake how do i have that confidence that would be the big key the big focus that i would kind of work with the players on and, and talk to them about don't worry about messing up we'll 
adjust the recipe. We'll refocus. If you need to improve on something, we'll work on that. We'll shore up any deficiencies. If the coordinators have to scheme differently, okay, you're, you're having a struggle, you're getting matched up versus this player that's eating your lunch, okay, they're going to do something to help you. But for them, it's the fear of not doing well, not necessarily the fear of, of, of the moment. But just preparation um, and that self-talk mindset is good. There's a lot of other strategies, mindfulness um, and other meditation. Um other other strategies that can be beneficial in helping them prepare, but that's the key. So my my season prediction is going to be eight and four. So that's kind of my season prediction, mm -hmm. um, based on kind of looking at those toss ups and looking at the possible matchups. This week, being eleven point favorite, uh, my pick is going to be South Carolina thirty four, Georgia State twenty. So uh, probably not as high as the. I guess the total, I can't remember what the total point was. Usually I, I go down from that. Usually the first game uh, is usually not as high. I also think from season one to season two, your your staff makes the biggest jump in progress team-wise. I'm looking forward to that. And then also from game one to game two, same thing. So I'm not expecting necessarily a, a big blowout this game. If it happens, great. Um, I'm not expecting them to lose. I'm trying to temper my expectations and have gratitude and gratefulness that the season's here and live in that moment and enjoy that because before long we'll be uh, wrapping Christmas presents after a Clemson game and the season will be just about done. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Sorry. 34-20. Uh, that's close. That's close to what I've been thinking. I haven't given a prediction yet. Eight and four. Uh you know, I think that would be a fine year uh, for the Gamecocks. We'll see. Yeah. It's always a tough schedule. Uh, yep. So it, it's just one of those things. All right. The Mental Edge with Sawyer next. Thank you so much. And, Thank you. And uh, we'll be back next week because next week you're going to have a whole different set of issues. You know, how do you, <laughs> how do you flush yep. last week, get ready for yep. to go, going on the yep. road, all kinds mm -hmm. of issues yep. going on out next week. So we'll be glad to talk to you then, Sawyer. Thanks so much for your time. All right. See you next week. Thanks. All right. The mental edge with Sawyer next. Uh, I wanted to address something. Somebody on uh, the Michigan board said something about Sterling Lucas going there. And there were two, 20 million ifs. And then somebody posted on the Big Spur. Look, man, <laughs> Sterling Lucas has connections to that guy. But Sterling Lucas is also from South Carolina, played for Clayton White. Right. So he's home. He played for Clayton White. I'll tell you this right now. Clayton White was offered the DC position at Michigan too and turned it down. Yeah. And didn't take it. Um, right. Yeah. Didn't take it. Uh, you know, I, I understand Sterling Lucas has connections to, to whoever the DC is, is at Michigan. But I mean, you're still like, I mean, Harbaugh almost, if he would have gotten offered the Vikings job, he'd have taken it. Right. I mean, so I don't worry about stuff like that right now. I mean, and I think it's funny too, Phil, we've gone in six months from people openly questioning the Sterling Lucas hire and saying it was a bad hire. Uh, now worried about him being and, stolen away. <laughs> recruiting, you know, I, I, was, yeah. I was never really worried about recruiting. I said, they need somebody that can coach those guys up at that spot. Yeah. So that, that remains to be seen what happens there. But, uh, 
certainly is interesting uh, some of these assistant coaching hires of the initial reaction versus the later reaction. But uh, mm-hmm. right now, I wouldn't worry about it. I think it's just Michigan fans speculating and all that. Go blue. Anyway, I got a really good friend that's a Michigan fan. Two of them, actually, that I've I've worked with over the years. uh, So don't want to come down too hard on those guys. Anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, although South Carolina has won the last two games against the Wolverines in the series. All right, folks, we got to get a break. Keith Allsup coming up on the other side. This is Inside the Gamecocks, the show on a Tuesday of game week. We shall return. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Sydney Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low, too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699? One zero zero one is Matt's contact number. Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey folks, JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, Don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, Take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, 
I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Hey, Mo Kaba here from the Carolina Gamecocks. You're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. All right, are we back? Yeah, we are back with Keith. Keith Holtzep, Locked on the Gamecocks podcast, joins us. Hour number two, brought to you by the Burgess and team at Remax at the Lake. You heard the commercial. If you're interested in multifamily housing, commercial real estate throughout the state of South Carolina, hit those guys up. They're proud sponsors of hour number two, of course, hour number one, Cindy Steerfoss, Caldwell Banker Kane, and the whole show, Manscaped, 20% off code Big Spur, free shipping worldwide. Keith. It's Tuesday of game week. How are you doing today? Uh, how are things? Well, I'll say uh, good afternoon and good morning because it's still morning here uh, in the central time zone. It's afternoon <laughs> where you are. But, JC, I'm just thankful college football season is here, and it's so precious because we've been waiting all year since January, and we're going to look up in just a few weeks and it'll be over just like that. And uh, so just have to live in the moments and soak them up. Looking forward to Saturday night, williams Price Stadium and just a, a day full of great college football games to really open the season here in week number one. Uh, I think so. I think it's uh... – uh, a pretty really – I mean, after last week, Keith, I'll just be honest. I, I thought last week's schedule left a lot to be desired. I mean, you know, it's just kind of like one good game in Dublin and eh, rest for the so, so, uh, Really not that good. All right, so your keys to the game against Georgia State Saturday night. Um, just kind of uh, give us those. What uh, what what do you like matchup-wise? Uh, what, are, what are the important matchups, do you think, uh, heading into the game? Well, I think if I'm South Carolina, I'm I'm leaving no plays behind. I'm throwing everything out there, including the kitchen sink. I'm giving them every formation, every personnel grouping. I'm playing multiple guys at quarterback in the Wildcat. I'm showing everything because I want Arkansas to have to prepare for everything. But to me, the biggest matchup is going to be South Carolina's front seven against Georgia State's run game. Uh, Georgia State is uh, a top 10 national run game uh, coming off of last season. They returned a number of veteran starters, including their top quarterback, their top receiver, their top running backs. They got linemen coming back and to me the whole key of stopping Georgia State is not letting them do what Mark Stoops in Kentucky have done when they've come into Williams-Brice Stadium is just bleed out the clock and have long sustained touchdown drives and then you turn it over or turn it over on downs because you're pressing and then you know everybody starts to pucker up and there's, you know, kind of some marks on the bottom of those seat cushions in williams Bryce Stadium when you enter the fourth quarter. 
So to me, it's all about stopping the run. And then uh, conversely, it's running the football because that sets everything else up on offense that allows Rattler to have play action and go over the top. Yeah, I agree. I think running the football is a, a very, very big deal uh, in this game for South Carolina. Probably an area they have an advantage. I, you know, I think with all the talk about Georgia State's run game and the run defense and Spencer Rattler and an improved passing game, South Carolina, I think, can line up and run it. And that's a way to neutralize, I think, some of the exotic pressures and things like that. Inevitably, Georgia State's going to kind of throw uh, at you. Uh, Keith, any – I don't know. I, I I personally have a hard time thinking this is going to be like a blow the doors off blowout. Um, I think it's going to be a competitive game. I think it's when South Carolina win. Um, there's a lot of a lot of hype, and and I think I think it's almost relief because I think heading into this season, the uh, you know you kind of look at the roster and think, ah, oh, this team has a chance. Uh, could the air be let out of the balloon? Do you think with a 14 to 17 point win that's competitive for a half? Well, I mean, look, uh, you know, like I said last week, there's a lot more knowns about this football team than unknowns, but there's still some very critical players that are in their first year, and it will be their first game as a Gamecock, including Spencer Rattler, Austin Stogner, Juice Wells. Devonnie Reed, uh, certainly the freshmen that are going to play. And so, you know, it's not going to be the sharpest game of the season because it is the first game of the season. And I'll just say I'm not putting South Carolina on upset alert, but there are some teams that need to be wary, okay, because it's like Shane Beamer and every other college coach. They wish they could – you know, maybe have shared practices and a closed scrimmage against another team. Not a preseason game where there are fans in the stands and everything's going on film, but something like that, like men's basketball teams do. That They have, you know, closed private scrimmage against another team. And so there will be some kinks. You know, special teams is an area where you would like to think South Carolina would take advantage with their block units, with their return units, because they do have some dynamic players. But, you know, anything can happen. Okay. So very quickly, last week my crew officiated a game at Elgin, which is spelled just like Elgin, Lugolf Elgin. They didn't win a game last year. They played Lampasas, who won 10 games and went to the third round of the state playoffs. So we're thinking, well, we're going to get a lot of work on our uh, kickoff mechanics. And lo and behold, Elgin wins the game 29 to 21. And so you just never know with opening games. You know, the turnovers, the ball goes on the ground special teams plays, a lot of stuff can happen. And just like I told our crew after the game, it's the same for teams, JC. You're going to make the most improvement from week one to week two. And if you're South Carolina, you want to have a good game in week one 
but you want to make a lot of improvement because you really could set yourself up if you go to Arkansas and get a win in week two. Yeah, I, I think so. And uh, I'll throw it over to Phil here, but I'll make this one point. I, I think playing Georgia State and their style of offense is actually good uh, heading into Arkansas because you know they're going to run K.J. Jefferson right at you a whole lot with various formations, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to stress that too, is that at least we get the tune-up game, with, you know, that is going to put the pressure on that front seven to, to stop the run, which is what we really need to see out of this team this year if we're going to go anywhere, um, especially if we're going to beat 500. But, um, Keith, with the, uh, the depth chart coming out, any surprises, any notable stuff you saw from it? Uh, we kind of went over it, but love to get your opinion. I mean, there's not a lot of surprises on the depth chart. Um, you know, I, I kind of think I was expecting Mo Kaba to be the starter at middle linebacker. You know, to me, probably like the, the biggest surprise is, you know, a guy like Emory Floyd uh, getting on the depth chart and then, you know, just the sheer number, like every – freshman defensive back except Anthony Rose ironically who I think is probably the most physically gifted is on the depth chart whether it's Kawan Banks, Keenan Nelson, Nick Eamon Morey, DQ Smith and Emory Floyd they are all on the depth chart except for Anthony Rose and I think if he was playing safety he would probably uh, be on the depth chart. Yeah, the DQ Smith thing, um, I think that's probably the most surprising. I, I, I felt like we'd see him in Warre on there, but uh, DQ right now well, sort of surprised me a little bit. I'm with you, Keith. Rose not being on there, it was uh, – I have that down in a note. Check on Rose. Because <laughs> I, I was a, a bit surprised that guy didn't make it there. Um, so you got this weekend full of football, Keith. Um, any other games catch your eye? I know Utah, Florida to me is very intriguing. Uh, Georgia, Oregon, I kind of have a feeling how that will go. Notre Dame, Ohio State, I think a lot of people were thinking one way. I've got a gut feeling on the other one. Um, probably we'll all end up wrong, but uh, what do you think about uh, the rest of the slate? I mean, to me, those are really the games that I'm paying close attention to, and then you know, what happens with Chris Rodriguez at Kentucky, uh, Mark Stoops, who, by the way, has more chins than wins over Tennessee, Georgia, and Florida, uh, you know, wouldn't even admit that players would be suspended, but they would be unavailable. I mean, look, this guy is not Bill Belichick, okay? He has not earned the right to be able to – uh, you know, come up to the microphone like he's John Calipari or Nick Saban or hell, even Kirby Smart, quite frankly. I mean, this is, JC, this is a program. Yes, they have beaten South Carolina seven out of the nine years that Mark Stoops has been there, but they're also four and 23 against Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida. They beat nobody outside of South Carolina, Louisville, has not been relevant since uh, Coach Adulterer fell off the back of his Harley with his mistress. Okay. Yeah. Their toughest non-con game outside of Louisville 
who will probably have a new coach after this year, by the way, is at Toledo in like 2030. Yeah, they haven't. Yeah, they, they they do not. They the rest of the SEC, including Vanderbilt and uh, everybody else, has scheduled some interesting non-conference games. Not Kentucky, Keith. It's the same. It's a it's an FCS school, two MAC schools, and Louisville. That's it. I mean, they don't have Clemson. They don't have North Carolina. They they don't play NC State. Okay, they don't play anybody. All right, even their Western permanent opponent is Mississippi State. I think we all take that one over A and M right now, right? Oh yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, since Doc Prescott left, they've reverted to basically being Tulane and every year. I mean, yep. we might as well have Sylvester Croon. I mean, I, I know you got the Pirate, but you know, after that LSU game, uh, what did he do? And you know. I just think uh, it's abysmal that Mark Stoops thinks he is uh, Bill Belichick with the media because, uh, like I said, more chins than wins versus Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida. Reminds me of some classic old uh, uh, Butch Butch Jones kind of stuff there. Champions of life. Like, you know, oh, they're taking a leadership rep. Oh, (laughs) you know, I mean, I think Stoops today literally said, some of these guys will have multi-game suspensions. And they're like, well, how, how many are suspended? And he goes, I didn't say suspended. Yeah. Not available. Yeah, they're just not available. Not available. Not well, however you want to call it. Chris Rodriguez will be back for the Gamecocks. I can assure you of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody will be back for that. <laughs> You're absolutely right. And I don't know. I mean, Mark Seuss has been in Kentucky for like nine years. I've, I've never known him to be this kind of ornery and stuff. But uh, – I guess he's taking it, uh, taking it to the next level. His game talking this year, which usually means you're about to go five and seven. Growing up, we had Looney Tunes and, and you know Foghorn Leghorn, and, and you had the little chicken hawk. Yeah, that mm-hmm. always rode his chest out. That's what Mark Stoops is. Okay, because he is at a basketball school. Foghorn Leghorn is John Calipari. He is the chicken hawk. Okay. He is always going to play second fiddle. I mean, hell, that's why Bear Bryant left Kentucky. He won the SEC. They gave him a cigarette lighter. All right. And Adolf Rupp won the SEC and they gave him a brand new Cadillac. I mean, nothing's changed at Kentucky. <laughs> no, nothing's changed in the Bluegrass. Can't wait to make my return to Commonwealth Stadium. First time since 2010, which is not a good day. Look, um, I'm just going to go ahead and call it out right now. South Carolina is reversing the curse of Perry Orth throwing that ball across the field sideways when South Carolina was getting ready to win that game. That is the game that started it all and led to the demise of Steve Spurrier. Shane Beamer, after that uh, backhanded remark by Mark Stoops at Media Days because he was butthurt because Justin King absolutely bitch slapped Kentucky and everybody else with uh, the Soldier Boy video. South Carolina is coming out of Lexington with a dub when they go in there this year, and that is going to reverse the curse. 
and South Carolina will return to normalcy of dominating Kentucky like they should. I look at it. I, 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 you know, the offensive line, they lost a bunch of players on their offensive line. Uh, I, I think they recruit well up there. I just don't think you can throw guys in there and expect to be good. I think that's a um, – there's probably some star-rated guys that are there. The, another thing people don't think about, they lost to Eric Wolford. I mean, yeah. Wolford's a good offensive line coach. I don't know who they replaced him with, but he went to Alabama in the like like in the middle of the night, right? Um, they got good. Yeah, he pulled a, a a Tracy Rocker. He just packed yeah. up his office and left in the middle of just the night. Left, you know. I mean, you've got uh, decent D linemen. I don't know. Uh, they're good at linebacker. Um, they're kind of the same in the secondary. I just, I'm just not. I don't know. I'm, I'm not as sold on Kentucky, but man, so many. I mean, there some people uh, predict them to go eleven and one. There's people that want ten and two. Uh, then there's people that aren't as high. I mean, you know, we talked to a lot of different people on the show in the last few weeks. You'd be amazed at the difference between, um, you know, the competitive or, the, or like the middle of the SEC, who different people think are, are going to be good. Um, I think a lot of people are on the Kentucky bandwagon now, Keith, just because, you know, they, they've gotten burned by predicting their demise and they've gone, you know, 10 and three, eight and five with a receiver at quarterback. Uh, they won five games in an all-conference year in, in 2020. They won 10 last year. But I, 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 I don't think you just replace Wondell Robinson. I don't think you just replace those linemen. Uh, I just don't – and, look, they, they evaluate it as well as anybody. But I just don't uh, – I just don't think you just sit there and, um, you know, make things happen like they think they're going to, uh, you know, by losing – with losing those guys. All right. Uh, wrapping up here with Keith Allsup from Locked on the Gamecocks podcast, uh, frequent guest here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Um, Utah, Florida, give us – here's my thing. I, I've been to Salt Lake City in the summer, Keith. It's not humid. Uh, how is Utah going to handle the elements down there? I think they're a tough-as-hell football team, and, and they have been program. Uh, but can they go in there and beat the Gators? Uh, and then finally, if you're ready to give a score prediction for the game Saturday, go ahead and do it. So, JC, I don't know about Florida, but I mean, you look at the game conditions that it's going to be, you know, in just in the South period because of these storms that are coming through, it's going to be rainy and cooler, which is going to play right into Utah's hands in my opinion if it's the same conditions as in Columbia which is rainy and 80 you know plus degrees I don't they may not they're not going to be affected by the heat they are a power run football team and I think Utah wins that game Sunbelt Billy makes his uh, debut he's had a very tumultuous Start at Florida. I'm not buying all the hype on Anthony Richardson because talk about a guy that's not available. I mean, this guy is as brittle as they come when it comes to injuries. He's got to prove it to me. You know, I'm certainly not on the Kentucky bandwagon. You know, a lot of people are thinking Will Levis is Josh Allen and I can promise you Josh Allen does not put mayonnaise in his coffee. 
that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> and so I don't see that, but I also don't see Anthony Richardson until he proves it and can stay on the field for an entire year that he can lead Florida to a great season. So I got Utah in that game, and I think Notre Dame is primed to just absolutely lay one on Ohio State. I mean, I'm taking the Irish in that one. And I really hadn't come up with, you know, my score prediction, but I'm I'm leaning. I think the Gamecocks will be up by 10 to 14 points, and then I just think they'll probably steamroll some in the fourth quarter. I think Carolina wins by 20 to 21 points. I'd probably go to like 41 to 20. 41-20. There we go. Mm-hmm. That's kind of close. I mean, I, uh, Sawyer had 34-20. I think I'm leaning 35-21. You're tacking on an extra touchdown. Tack on Luke Doty on a keeper late, <laughs> right? How about that? I don't know if it's a two-touchdown game. I don't know if Luke would be in the game at that point. That scares me. That'd be kind of – there would be tight uh, tight behinds in the stands, I would think. <laughs> Uh, if it's a two touchdown game that late, but anyway, mm-hmm. well, Keith, man, next time we chat uh, uh, here on this show, one game will be in the books. It's another football season. Seventeen years, I think. I've it's coming. I mean, I'm I'm uh, anxious to see what Shane Beamer has to say today. Probably as little as possible. You know, the, the coordinators meet with the media tomorrow, but look, I'm not being critical of anybody because all those guys do a great job, but I've learned, uh, and since I'm a podcast host, I don't get a credential. But if you're going to ask Clayton White or Marcus Satterfield about a player, you better specifically call that player by name. If you just throw out, a you know, the backup safeties, or the backup quarterbacks, all you're going to get is an answer about nobody. So <laughs> ask about specific guys like Hale did last week. He was yeah. like the only one. So, uh, Juice Wells, we're going to go out there and kill him. We're going to go out there and ball. Uh-oh. I can't wait to see Juice Wells. One of the more interesting things on the depth chart is the oars, right? Like, yeah, receiving, receiver, Jalen Brooks, Juice Wells, or Xavier Leggett, Amari and Brown, or you know, I mean, you get a lot of oars out there. I don't know, I can't handle more than two at a time when I'm in the water with the oars. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know it could be a lot of things. It could be that it's more that Amari and Brown, Jalen Brooks, and Xavier Leggett have played better. I don't know. I, I have a hard time wrapping my head around Juice Wells not starting based on you know a lot of things. But uh, we'll see. The oars are very interesting though on the depth chart. We'll see. We'll see who does the playing, as Coach Spurrier used to say. Right? <laughs> who's the, who's going to do the playing? Well, shit. Uh, all right, Keith. 17. So 17. Let me ask you a question. So what's the over-under, the number of shirts that Sean Elliott completely sweats through 
<laughs> on Saturday night. Well, the lack of humidity may do some good things there with him. I mean, he's he's definitely got that Gary Patterson level uh, sweat game going. Very disheveled. Yeah, he's a, but Shaw. He'll be passionate and fired up. I expect pregame chest bumps, the whole deal. Maybe the He could come in with a a bloody head like he did when he was the O line coach at South Carolina, headbutting a a guy's face mask. Hey, I gotta give it to him, man. It's unique. I don't know of any other coaches that get as physical pregame. He's intense. When he was the coordinator at Georgia, probably before a lot of your listeners were born, that guy came into like every game with a bloody nose from a scrape or a, a, a bloody forehead from button heads with players in, in the pregame. I think I'd have a headache all the time if I did that, actually like that. But maybe I should headbutt somebody, Phil, before I come on. Uh, not not somebody. There's nobody here to – nobody in my house I could headbutt. I could headbutt the wall. Something like that. It's Seven. more acceptable up there where you are than it would be down here, too. So. Oh, in Chicago? Absolutely. <laughs> hey, I'm going be, to beat you in the head. 17th college football season. It's raining everywhere. I mean, my mm-hmm. game Friday night. Is going to be in the rain. The Gamecocks Saturday is going to be in the rain. I mean, here's the thing to watch. We've seen it in the past. If it's rainy down there in Florida, does Utah and Florida even complete the game or is it canceled because of lightning? I mean, that's a legitimate. It just kind of depends on what exactly the forecast is. I don't know that it's that bad, but uh, yeah, it's going to be. Weather will be interesting this weekend. All right, Keith, 17th college football season that I've known Keith all set. 17 years. 17th Gamecock football season. Keith and I have lived it. (laughs) A long time. A lot of ups and downs uh, football-wise during that time. But may this one be a better one. And, Keith, we appreciate you joining us. and We'll talk to you really soon, man. All right. Hey, guys, Have thanks and have a great uh, rest of the week. Go Gamecocks. Thank you. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Keith all set from a lot on the Gamecocks podcast. If you like listening to Keith, you can go be a patron at a fair price on patreon.com slash lot on the Gamecocks. We uh, are going to roll, uh, I guess, uh, finish out uh, this day, today's episode. Uh, we're going to take a break. I'm mean, right, going to catch up on some chat box stuff. Take a break. Come back. Phil's going to tell you about Manscaped. Um, and uh, then we're going to get into the I Hope Consulting mailbag, some more chats. Uh, I will pass along anything cool I see from the press conference, that Juice Wells quote. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you should say we're going to go out there and kill him or we're going to go out there and ball. Uh, but he's excited. Uh, for his first game as an SEC football player. Yeah, I like the confidence. I, I like it. I, I like it, too, especially from a receiver. But uh, I Sean, mean, that's what I, they do, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jackie, Jackie's the one that said that about Michigan and Sterling Lucas. It's, in my defense, I was just curious, and I was excited at the time of the hire. I know. I wasn't kind of mm-hmm. – I wasn't getting on you for repeating it. I mean, it's all, anything is worthy of conversation, in my opinion. Marion – Said JC, those steaks look good. I saw your post. Yeah, I, I took a yeah. picture before I did the seventh grade girl thing and took a picture of my food and put it on Instagram. <laughs> and uh, I, but but I, these steaks were beautiful, Phil. 
You know, and I don't know how they, they do were. It. They look great, man. They yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when you walk into Texas Roadhouse and you look at that that meat meat mm-hmm. counter they've got there, and that always looks tasty to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man, I want a steak. But uh, so I, I went to the uh, the I didn't, go, I didn't go to a butcher. I went to a, a grocery store called Pete's, and they had these beautiful steaks, ribeyes sitting in there. And I know I normally I get. New York strips, but uh, these were good and on sale. The guy's like, they don't look like this. On, I'm sorry. They don't look like this all the time. <laughs> and, uh, and I got them, and certainly they were delicious on Saturday. So thanks, Marion, for that. Sean says he had no idea Keith was ball-headed until he saw him last week. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was uh, a member of the uh, the Shiny Dome Club. That's right. Good, good, good look. Like him and Phil, it's awesome. Quantrell asked if we were surprised that Wanham – one uh, over Wanamaker at right tackle. Uh, not based on what I heard. Okay, so so what was going to have to happen, Quantrill, uh, is Wanam, Wanam had to beat him out. You know, so Wanam had to kind of return to form. Uh, and my understanding is he's healthy. I mean, if you've ever heard of, people get on uh, Dylan about how he played at times last year, he had a very bad back injury, right? So your back is hurting. Offensive line is not the best position for you to be playing because you got to get down to your stance and bend and all that. Goodness gracious. Yeah, you get no leverage with a bad back no. injury like that. No. Catch, catch it up on the Nana Sports chat box here. Uh, by the way, that was the Meredith Taylor guest line. You guys have heard the commercial. We have, And we have Meredith on Friday. Uh, mm-hmm. He says, any chance uh, Clayton White goes away from the 4-2-5 to a more traditional 4-3? and puts Kaba, Green, and Johnson on the field at the same time to stop the run against Georgia State. Problem with that is you're then taking Cam Smith, probably your best defensive player, off the field, or maybe you rotate him. I'll say this, Heath. I've seen um, – I've heard that there are some uh, packages where Sherrod actually slides to the nickel, and it is kind of a three-man, uh, three-linebacker defense, if you will. Uh, this defense is very, very multiple. It's multiple in different a different way than Will Muschamp's defense, but it's uh, you know they're going to get create. They're getting a lot more creative this year on defense, Phil. I think uh, yeah. Greg has a prediction. He's going to roll the first prediction on the Nana Sports chat box thirty eight thirteen. Good guys. Um, did anyone see Mark Stoops' hairline? Oof, yeah, it's yeah. tough. He probably needs to go JC and I mean Phil and Keith. Yeah, man, just, just give it up. Not <laughs> This is actually real. People ask if I'm wearing a visor with the hair attached to it. They do make those. Um, uh, Josh says, come on, Phil. Just let it out that one time. Yeah. <laughs> S-bomb there. Could have got uh, away with it. The Blue Cats deserve a good beat down. Georgia doesn't play a ranked SEC team this year, except Kentucky, unless Florida is ranked by them. Uh, Craig, if the Gamecocks win their first two, I can't see them not in the top 25. I think Tennessee – and they play Georgia relatively late this season. It's weird. Mm-hmm. They could be ranked. Um, Mississippi State could be ranked. That game's yeah. in Starkville. Uh, don't give up. Don't give up on the dogs playing a ranked team. Quisi <laughs> <laughs> uh, says, every year there's a team predicted to be good, and they are not. The 2014 Gamecocks, 2019 Gamecocks come to mind. Kentucky is that team this year. And, and here's a good point. It's always the SEC East non-Florida or Georgia darlings, right? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, in 2018, everybody was talking about the Gamecocks finishing second. 
and they went seven and six. Smacked down by Georgia, game two, uh, in a critical game. 2019, if I am not mistaken, uh, that one, that was the that was beautiful. That was the Kelly Bryant is going to lead Missouri to the college. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Very my Kelly Bryant, you know, just boy, he's really good, you know. You know they were going to win the East again, yeah. Yeah, they're going to win the East. Kelly Bryant, don't, don't don't count them out. Ten and two, and I think they lost. A, they did beat the Gamecocks, but they lost to Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, in 2020, a lot of folks were talking up Tennessee uh, because they had won uh, six straight in the previous season. They're eight and five. Uh, and the Vols proceeded to finish three and seven after starting two and zero, oh, and Jeremy Pruitt gets fired. Um, you know, what was the darling last year? I think, I think, uh, you know, some people were up on Kentucky and Kentucky came through at 10 and three, but most of the people were up on Missouri because if you remember, Phil, Missouri won five conference games in 2020 under Eli Drinkwitz, Connor Basilak's back. Everybody's like, woohoo. Uh, they brought in that NFL guy as the D coordinator and that was a disaster. And obviously, they had to beat Carolina and Florida late to even get to a bowl. So it was Missouri last year that fell on their face. So who shall it be this year? I, You know, the team that's got the most hype for second is Tennessee, followed by Kentucky. Yep. Uh, I think it's a good thing for the Gamecocks that they're not they're not picked high. Uh, Craig says he's picking the Utah Utes. Saunders says 18 blue trip chip recruits is nothing to turn our nose up at. Reef Florida. Uh, are you talking about their class this year? Uh, it's the same thing they do every year. You know, it, it, it's funny because there's this notion that, you know, Dan Mullen was a terrible recruiter and Billy Napier is all of a sudden the, the recruiting savior. Florida's recruiting. Hey, guess what? This should tell you guys something. Florida's recruiting about where Florida always recruits. Now, Florida can win championships by recruiting like that. Okay. Dan Mullen. And Swamp Donkey, the last two coaches they've had have won the East. And Muschamp came close in 2012, you know. Um, so, you know, I, I look, I, and I think Billy's doing what he needs to do down there. He needs to recruit top Florida talent. That's what makes Florida good, Florida players. But let's just wait and see, you know, I, 18, whatever. You know, I just – you know, some of these schools get the benefit of the doubt with the low four-star, high three-star guys. When when you look at some of the guys, some of these schools have committed, and you look at a guy like Jalon Kilgore, and he's a three, you kind of understand why. But in the, you're right. It's nothing to shake a stick at, Sondra. Um, Tried to bring – all right, so Joey Sox says, tried bringing up Kentucky's cupcake non-conference schedule to my U.K. co-workers here in Lexington. And they were bringing up how – Northern Illinois is legit. And if the SEC went to nine games, they want to drop Louisville. <laughs> uh, Daddy S says, I believe the media always needs a loser story to fill content later in the year. Remember, it's only a letdown because the media said they were good. Saunders says, I appreciate and agree with everything you said. Florida always recruits well. They have a history of opening the pocketbooks. I think it's naive to be dismissive of Florida. Hard to convey thoughts properly with a 200 character limit. I, I agree. Now I'm not. I'm not dismissing Florida, and I'm going to say this, and then we got to get a break. I'm about 10 minutes over here, but I wanted to get to all this, and then get to the mailbag next. So mm -hmm. I delayed the break. 
I can do that. I'm like the principal of our school here. Right. <laughs> um, uh, I'll say this about Florida, and, and because the Gamecocks have them later on, right? Beware of if the Gators do lose to Utah, Kentucky, and Tennessee to start the season, one and three. I don't think they'll lo- lose to USF. Uh, it would kind of make me happy, uh, honestly. I know everybody out there doesn't like Jeff Scott, but you guys know, you know, Bobby Bentley's on that staff at, at South Florida. Uh, it'd make my heart warm to see that happen. Travis Trickett also is down there, and he's a good, he's a friend of mine um, at USF. Uh, you know, chances are they'll beat them, and then it's Tennessee. And, you know, they're used to beating Kentucky and Tennessee down there. But if they start one and three, I don't necessarily think that means, oh, the Gamecocks are going to go down there and have an easy game because I think they'll kind of rally the troops and get better and all that. And that, that game down at the Swamp's not till later in the year, mm-hmm. uh, November 12th, late. It's back to kind of where yeah. it used to be when Spurrier was at Florida. So just, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, we're, we're going to know, you know, I, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I, I'm just warning everybody to your point, Sonder, that uh, don't don't just throw dirt on the Gators because they get off to a bad start. There's a good chance of that happening because of the teams they're playing. They got a new staff, all that. But as we saw last year, when South Carolina rose up and smacked the Gators down, you know, the same thing can happen in reverse. Um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not taking Florida lightly. I just uh, you know I think a lot of Gamecock fans when they flipped Jaden Robinson, their heads started hanging because some of the names Florida was in on, and they're just names. I mean, I don't I don't know that Webb is a better back than Braswell or anything like that. You know, everybody was disappointed. Oh, Billy Napier, he's going to start recruiting. Well, blah, 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 blah. and it's because Napier was in the mix for the job, whatever. But uh, I. I do not rule. I'm not going to rule Florida out. Uh, no. Just like, just like Sonder said. I'm sorry. Twelve minutes over. We'll be back to wrap up the show with the I Help Consulting mailbag. Uh, and uh, Phil's got to tell you about Manscaped again. Once again, twenty percent off, free shipping. Promo code Big Spur Manscaped.com. We'll be back after these messages. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. If you're looking to sell... Let's say you need catering, you need a food truck, you just need to get some delicious food to feed some people, Nana's Porch is the place for you. I've known Chris, the owner, for years now. Uh, They helped with the Big Spur Golf Tournament. Uh, catering it. It was delicious. I highly encourage you uh, to go visit nanasporch.com. That's nanasporch.com right now uh, to take a look at their services, their menu items, everything you may need for your event, the professionalism, the food, the taste. uh, It's unrivaled. 
uh, in this space. 336-259-7550 is the phone number. Or again, go to nanasports.com. Uh, we talk about them all the time. They uh, sponsor the chat line here on the podcast. But uh, wanted to tell you about it right here, straight from JC. Tell them JC sent you. Uh, and please support this Gamecock-owned and operated business. Also a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email's on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fees low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699? 1001 is Matt's contact number. Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is JC's fiance, Nat. Life is all about making sacrifices. I now sleep next to the human troll doll. I'm taking one for the team. Go Gamecocks. Now back to JC and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. JC Sherbert, Phil Molinax here. Time to get into the uh, iHelp Consulting mailbag. Lots of activity on Twitter today. Uh, Super clown from the upstate. Anderson, I think, decided to tweet... uh, 
when I mentioned today on the radio on 107.5 about Cam Pringle and Josiah Thompson, it's not like me and everyone else that has been covering Gamecock recruiting hasn't said the Gamecocks are up there uh, for both those guys and probably safe to call them the leader. Uh, everybody else has said it. You know, I'm not the only one. So, so this guy, he retweets it, and, uh, you know, is that just his opinion or his gut or the guy's wrong maybe way more than he's right? Blah, blah, blah. So let this guy up. It's some loser ex-journalist with a blog that sucks. And, uh, <laughs> you know, a neck beard and all that great happy uh, stuff, tweeting about Star Trek all the time. Nothing wrong with Star Trek. I have some friends that love Star Trek. But uh, loser. Okay. You know, and then, uh, <laughs> Uh, the blog hadn't been updated since March, and so I, I just uh, I felt bad. So that was an active, and Gamecock pastor came to my defense. I appreciate that. So, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's one of the ways you get into the mailbag. You can go uh, at the Big Spur Pod, tweet to us, uh, or you can inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. I help consulting mailbag. How can I help you? Uh, but, Phil, before I get into this, and I have to go a little fast today, tell them about yeah, got a, we're contractually obligated to tell you about Manscaped. That's right, and so we will. <laughs> it's like no. Ricky Bobby, like virtue <laughs> of my, uh, you know, contractually obligated to mention Powerade. You know, that's right. Well, it's not compulsory though, man. We like it. Uh, yeah, yeah, what they sent us was actually awesome. So, uh, but yeah, support for us is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. And they recently launched an ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the performance package, which is actually great. Like JC told you earlier, uh, but uh, 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you from inside the Gamecocks, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code big spur at manscaped.com. Uh, so guys, you know, as you can see, I am not the most hirsute man. Uh, so I generally don't find myself in a barber shop and have purchased one of those, you know, uh, let's see, clippers for my hair so I can cut my own hair and save some money that way. But uh, I do not use it below the waist. I can just tell you that from experience, not good. But we don't have to worry about that with the Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped because they've got the lawnmower 4.0 that's specifically designed for doing stuff like that and you don't have to plug it into a wall. Um, but yeah, totally blown away by their performance and craftsmanship. It's got a ceramic blade. Don't have to worry about it dulling. Uh, skin safe technology. Nice, bright 4K LED light. Uh, but beyond that, it's everything you want. Comes with a nice you know, leather pouch to put it in. Got some toner and some deodorant for below the waist. It actually smells really nice and manly. You love it. But uh, go ahead and get the 20% off with free shipping with the code BIGSPUR at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping worldwide at manscaped.com using the code BIGSPUR. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tool for the right job with Manscaped. Yeah, that's... uh. You guys want to support the podcast and you or have interest in, in uh, products like that, go ahead and check it out. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I help consulting mailbag. Here we go. Upstate Gamecock, Big Spur Pod. Glad to hear someone ask about the jersey sales. I'm going to Willie B from as far north in Pickens County as you can get with the money to buy a zero jersey in my pocket. Hashtag 1801 Club. That's a Carolina Rise reference. Love hearing the guys with the quick spots on the show. 
just to clarify. Thanks, man. Um, and he says he didn't mean to lift fitfully Phil out of the tweet uh, and wants to give love oh, to a live Gamecock podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Gamecock pastor, our man, says, see above and Beamer in general. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. This is a, this is a two-parter. What's happening, JC and Phil? Hope you all are having a fantastic Tuesday by the time you see this. I wanted to talk about national perception of South Carolina heading into the season. It's been some national talk with the transfer class, 2023 recruiting, the ESPN show, and now Beamer in general. Now it's time for games. The majority of the attention goes to the top of the rankings and games with playoff implications. What do y'all think the college football in any given state thinks about Carolina? Uh, I think the Gamecocks need to go handle some stuff on the field. I think some of these guys like Juice Wells, who's a really good player, uh, who hasn't done it with on, on the spotlight on him that he'll have in the SEC. They need to go out and shine. Marshawn Lloyd needs to shine. Spencer Rattler needs to shine. Jordan Birch, all the names everybody attaches. Uh, mm-hmm. They all need to shine. And then there's going to be other guys that step up too. Don't you think? I mean, so if you want to change the perception, you win and you have talented players making all outstanding highlight plays. Right. That's, yeah. that, that, that's how you change it. And that usually leads to winning. Mm-hmm. Thanks, yep. um, mm-hmm. Game Pass for always a pleasure. Lasers go poo poo. Interesting name. Pew pew. How is Sweatman's Barbecue not getting more hype on the pod? If you hadn't been there, let me know. And I'll send you some for the broadcast. Sweatman's Barbecue in Holly Hill. Always love barbecue. I hadn't gotten down to Sweatman's, but, uh, you know, maybe some other folks can chime in on that. I mean, I'm yeah, sure yeah. I'm positive mm-hmm. it's good, dude. Look, I'm not. I'm not downplaying any barbecue at all. Okay. There's no downplay. In fact, I've had like good barbecue and great barbecue. Very rarely have I had mediocre barbecue. (laughs) Holly Hill's got the right setup to have a good barbecue joint, though. Small town off the beaten path. Yeah, I'll guarantee you it's good. I've never had it, but it's got a good setup. Smell those hush puppies, man. Mm. Uh, Xavier says, how many games does South Carolina need to win to hang on to this recruiting class through signing day? There's not a set number. Uh, it just can't look ugly. Don't let the bottom fall out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> don't, 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 don't go out there and hang two and ten up and look bad doing it and everybody's toxic, then that's going to happen. Um, you know, Then you're going to lose some recruits because it's, it's, it's not – recruits don't go into their senior year committed to a school looking for a total number of wins. If they do, they're not committed to your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what does happen is well, sometimes often when things get bad, things get toxic, all those good feelings go out the building. You can feel it when a program's struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's the case there. Uh, Gamecock underscore Gamecock underscore says – uh, responding to Sawyer, there's nothing a coach or counselor can do to give a player that. There's some things you can't coach or teach. Effort, attitude, and just outright being a dog. They either have it or they don't. That that's true. Um, mm-hmm. I've I, you know I don't I, I don't I don't know that it's coaching to get it out of them. I think that I think it helps. Uh, I think you're right. You're either a dog or you're not. Um, but uh, I do think it, the light comes on at different times. I mean, no, who, who knew? When Melvin Ingram was not even in the three deep two years in, and Carolina was really not all that great at linebacker, uh, that uh, who who wrote him off? Yeah, yeah. Who uh, saw a Pro Bowler come out of that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I never I never thought Antonio Allen was going to play. Right. No. And then all of a sudden he's making crazy. Some of those guys just take a little longer. And and really, 
Uh, I don't know if you've read it on the message board or what, because some of our, uh, our fans on the Big Spur have this uh, opinion that you're not a five-star unless you ball out early. That that has nothing to do with anything. And, I, and I'll give you an example, man. Uh, Jamie Robinson uh, comes in in, what, the 2019 recruiting class, um, along with Cam Smith, who played. Who was making plays to beat Georgia that year? Jamie was, right? Mm-hmm. And he's a good player at Florida State. Couldn't quite go pro. Good player at Florida State. Well, Cam Smith didn't play at all. Cam Smith's ranked higher. Uh, and you, you said that going in. Robinson's more college ready. Cam Smith has the higher upside. And look who, who's now the higher upside. I mean, you know, it's different people at different times has nothing to do with their rankings. Um, just in case anybody was wondering that, because there's some Jordan Birch discussion uh, on the board today. I agree. Jordan needs to have a good year. I agree to this date. He is not. Uh, I think that, you know, you, you, there are concerns there to get him going, but you know, I, I think that, you know, different kids come on at different times. Uh, Gamecock fan three, JC Phil, how important do you think it is for us to start fast on offense? Lots of uncertainty on that side of the ball last year. So we came out scoring quickly and dominant. Could that be big mentally for the team and fan base? I think for the fan base, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that don't panic. <laughs> if yeah. it starts, yeah. if it starts ug and you're like, here we go again, it's a first game. Yeah. Uh, and how yeah. you respond to adversity is going to be huge. Yeah. yeah. And, and look, I'm hopeful that, you know, I'm hopeful they have a good game plan. Uh, I, you know, I, I, Satterfield never talks about this, right. But, uh, I'm, I, I would like to see a situation, which I didn't see a lot of last year where the Gamecocks offense is attacking weaknesses individually. In other words, you know, Spurrier, when he used to like call plays, he'd, he'd kind of scan the field and look and say, okay, who's not that good on defense? <laughs> Who are they trying to hide? Cause there's one on every defense. Mm-hmm. You're, you're trying to hide on every defense, and, and I'd like to see that. Maybe maybe from the sidelines, uh, that'll help. My, by the way, Marcus Satterfield's not in the booth this year. He's on the sidelines calling it. Greg Atkins will be in the booth. Um, and so we'll see, get a new viewpoint, how that works uh, for him. Um, inside the Gamecast at gmail.com is the email address to jump into. And we'll see. We got two minutes here. The IHOP Consulting Mailbag. Okay. These are two in-depth questions. So <laughs> let's uh, – Mitchell and Philip. we're going to hold these until tomorrow, but thank you for your contributions. Uh, <laughs> Phil, what we got on tap for tomorrow? Who, who, I know Jamie Bradford's second hour. Uh, yep, Jamie's coming in tomorrow, and then we have – oh, wait, is our uh, – got to pull up the calendar, man. we got a booked week here. Hold on, let's see. I think it is Hillary. Definitely confirmed. Yeah, Hillary Cox, eleven thirty tomorrow. She University, is uh, University yep. of South Carolina NIL coordinator. Mm-hmm. You guys uh, on the BigSpur.com and elsewhere have been talking about. Uh, we, everybody's been speculating on the the quote unquote big announcement. There's a lot of big announcements coming up at USC, folks. Um, starting today, um, four thirty, the Board of Trustees is going to uh, vote yeah. on. The university-led NIL. Let's hope they hold up their end of the deal. I'm pretty sure they will. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, there's I think any this, questions. This has to be a rubber stamp. Otherwise, yeah. 
Uh, you don't want to hear what I have to say about the border. Yeah, trust. no, yeah, we're both going to fire off well, on that tomorrow. That's going to be bad. If I, but no, I'm pretty sure they're going to do it. I think you guys are going to be very impressed with the uh, the the creativity here uh, for South Carolina. Uh, also, continue to join Carolina Rise. That helps NIL as well. Uh, but we'll give Hillary the floor tomorrow and have her talk about you know what exactly is going on, how this is going to help. Uh, and all that stuff. Hillary Cox, Associate Athletic Director for Name, Image, Likeness at South Carolina at 1130. And then JB, Jamie Bradford at 1230. It'll be a heck of a hump day, Phil. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks to Manscaped for the sponsorship of the show. Also, the Burgesson team at REMAX by the Lake, Nana's Porch, Heritage Digital, iHelp Consulting, Tony Pope State Farm. We love all of you guys. Uh, and gals, and uh, we hopefully uh, will be back tomorrow. Hopefully, we will be back tomorrow. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel, uh, streaming right here on YouTube. Do us a favor, go hit subscribe on the YouTube page. Uh, that would be uh, very appreciative uh, if you would, uh, if you'd go do that. I know some of you were wondering how to get in the chat. That's how you do it. So, yep. we will talk to you guys soon from Phil Mullinax, JC Sherbert. This has been Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Have a great Tuesday, everyone. Talk to you soon.